Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in chapter 13. A pronouncement concerning Babylon that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw. Lift up a banner on a barren mountain. Call out to them. Signal with your hand, and they will go through the gates of the nobles. The lifting up of a banner is something that came up in a previous devotion. When we were in chapter 11, verse 12, it describes the Messiah lifting up a banner where all the remnants would gather and people from all nations could gather and then they would all, uh, they, they would all look to him for guidance in chapter 11, verse 10. But now we're lifting up a banner in a different regard. This is an announcement, a pronouncement concerning Babylon. I have commanded my consecrated ones. Yes, I have called my warriors who celebrate my triumph to execute my wrath. Listen, a commotion on the mountains like that of a mighty people. Listen, an uproar among the kingdoms like nations being gathered together. The Lord of armies is mobilizing an army for war. They are coming from a distant land and from the farthest horizon, the Lord and the weapons of his wrath to destroy the whole country. Right? Wail, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. Therefore, everyone's hands will become weak and every man will lose heart. They will be horrified. Pain and agony will seize them. They will be in anguish like a woman in labor. They will look at each other, their faces flushed with fear. Look, the day of the Lord is coming, cruel with rage and burning anger to make the earth a desolation and to destroy its sinners. Indeed, the stars of the sky and its constellations." Right. Uh, will not give their light. The sun will be dark when it rises and the moon will not shine. This is reminiscent of the plagues of Egypt. It's also sort of foreshadowing of what will take place in Revelation. In the plagues of Egypt, the sun was darkened. This was a demonstration of the impotence of the Egyptian god Horus or Ra, who was supposed to be in charge of the sun, but evidently was incapable of stopping Yahweh from blotting out his own sun in the sky upon the nation of Egypt. So this is, uh, this is, this is uh, a judgment uh, against Babylon. This is a war oracle, and God is telling them what's to come. It was odd in its original reception because Babylon at this point didn't seem like a major player on the scene. You could see Assyria all right, Moabite, uh, Moab had been a consistent problem for, for Israel, but to speak this way about Babylon may have struck people as odd originally because Babylon didn't really, it wasn't so much a, a major player on the scene. But it's, a, um, it's, it's striking news and then the nation that's used as a weapon to destroy Babylon, it's actually never named. The closest we get is verse 5. They are coming from a distant land from the farthest horizon, the Lord and the weapons of his wrath to destroy the whole country. So within this prophecy, it's never specifically named. And then they're called to wail. But then something happens in verses 6 and I think it's verse 9 that are, that are exclusive to this chapter in the context of Isaiah. The, the true day of the Lord reference uh, the, the day of the Lord is a future time when God is going to wage war against those who oppose him. And it's named in verses 6 and 9 in a way that doesn't appear elsewhere in Isaiah. Here's verse 6. Wail, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come as a destruction from the Almighty. Verse 9. Look, the day of the Lord is coming. 
uh, cruel with rage and burning anger to make, uh, make the earth a desolation and to destroy its sinners. So you can see that the nation Babylon may have seemed like an odd target because they weren't a major player on the scene. Now they would, the Babylonians would, uh, you know, they would be used of God in this way uh, in the context of Judah, but it's also, uh, it's also, there's a duality to this text because Babylon becomes the metaphor for corruption in society writ large in the book of Revelation. And Babylon is sort of represented by this, this adulterous woman uh, and her downfall is a big part of the imagery and the prophecies of the book of Revelation. And the, the day of the Lord is her destruction, makes this, gives this passage a now and a not yet quality to it. It's not just the earthly nation of Babylon now, it's also a future, uh, a future apocalyptic prophecy. Again, the scope of Isaiah's ministry goes beyond even the original recipients of Judah to have um, apocalyptic connotations. So that God is in control, and God is going to bring about, he's going to bring about his own justice and his own wrath. Look, the day of the Lord is coming cruel, it says, with rage and burning anger. These are not attributes that you often see attributed to God, but it's not sadism. It's righteous wrath and it's justice. If I'm sitting by a public park and if a rabid dog busts out of the woods. I'm watching my daughter play at this park and this dog comes and begins attacking her. You better believe I'm going to move swiftly and I'm going to use what strength I have to get this dog off of my precious daughter. And if I watch this happen and I do nothing, I just sip my coffee, I'm a horrible father. So the fury and the swiftness of God's judgment is not cruelty in the sense that we think of sinful cruelty. The severity with which I would yank that dog off of my daughter and to the glory of God throw that dog back into the woods, that is being a good dad. I mean, kind of like, that's sort of the, the bare minimum, isn't it? That you should do for your daughter. Right? And, and the, the severity of God and his dealings with evil on the earth, this is God in his justice. He would not abide justice. Like we talked about in our sermon this past weekend, sin and evil don't just dissipate out into the ethical ether. Every one of the sins of those who are in the presence of God forever is dealt with and atoned for in full. To Tetelestai paid in full. God's not going to let evil win. Evil will be dealt with to the fullest extent. And so there is severity. God is being cruel not to innocence but to evil and righteously because this is retributive justice so he is meeting evil on the day of the lord with rage and burning anger we don't often think of these as righteous aspects but i i would argue that an absence of rage and anger in the face of injustice is a terrible thing there is righteous rage, there is righteous anger, and there is righteous severity as God deals with adequate cruelty that is commensurate with the evil whom he's bringing to justice, to make the earth a desolation and destroy its sinners. This is God dealing with the sin of Babylon. You'll see Babylon come into, uh, you know, uh, come in, come into play 
throughout the, the, the story of Judah, but they really represent, you know, cultural arrogance and, and self-reliance, as they also again will in, in the book of Revelation. This is God's ultimate coming justice. The severity, the cruelty is righteous because it's the severity with which a father would defend his children and would deal with evil that may attack his own will.